Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And everybody, this is Brother Frank, and glad to be back here for another episode of the Remnant Call. And just wanted to—I know it's been a little while since I've talked and seen everybody, but uh, God's good; He's still on the throne, and uh, we are here to do another episode. And uh, so, with that, we are going to get started tonight. And I've just got to make one little small adjustment here on my soundboard. Stand with me for just a second here. Testing. Okay, wonderful. All right, we're back here. So praise God. Glad to be back with everybody. Uh, someone had flipped some switches here on my soundboard, and I realized that I could not hear. Well, praise God. It's probably my daughter who is going to Christian school online right now for a year, and so thank God for that. And I, you probably wonder where has the remnant call been? Where have you been, Brother Frank, for so long? Well, to tell you the truth, um, God has been very merciful to our family, but my wife had to have a very major surgery, and uh, thank God she's doing okay. She's coming through it fine, and uh, it's going to be some struggles and some recovery time, but we praise God that she is all right, and um, everything, we have a great outlook for the future, and things look positive, so we're just blessing the Lord for that, and folks, it, it's important in life that we always serve the Lord, um, but God also calls us to serve our family, and serving our family is serving the Lord. Uh, a lot of people think the only way you can serve the Lord is to just up and leave your family, and that's a misunderstanding of Scripture. Uh, if your family is trying to turn you from the Lord and, and doesn't want to be, you know, to follow the Lord, and, that, and, and you decide to follow God over what your family says, then that's one thing. That's a blessing. But if your family's content, if, you're, if your spouse is content, and my wife loves the Lord and, and is, uh, then you are a minister to your family. You, if you have children, your, your job is to raise your children up to know who the Lord is. And folks, don't ever forget that. And you're going to mess up and make some mistakes, and you're probably not going to do it right, and God already knows that. But the Lord calls us as we know the truth, when we learn what to do to do the right thing, and that is to train up our children in the way of the Lord. And so I've been gone for a little bit, but I'm glad to be back. Praise God. And tonight's an exciting 
episode because it, tonight's message, the sons of Zadok. And folks, by God's grace, we're going to get deep into the word tonight. And hopefully God will bless you and me to learn something new, to see some new insight and some revelation into the life right now that we're living in the day and the hour we're at, but also into our own ministry of what God is calling each one of us to do. Let's pray. Father, in the name above every name, the name Yeshua, we thank you so much, Lord, for the blessings that you give, for the for the guidance that you show, for the care that you share, Lord, with each one of us. Thank you for the trials. And, Lord, through the darkness that we've seen the light, Lord, and that in the, when there are times when it seems like we don't know what tomorrow brings, we understand that by faith we can stand on the promises of God, that he is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. That is the God who we serve tonight. And so, Lord, bless this show to your honor and your glory. Bless everybody that listens to grow deeper in you. Lord, may the remnant call be true to the word of God always. Lord, we at this program do not believe in selling out to anybody for ratings or anything, Lord. So keep this program, Lord, in your way is my prayer in Yeshua, Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Well, folks, there comes a time in the life of a believer. Uh, it comes in the life of a church. And I know many of you that are listening to this episode, you don't go to a to a church or a gathering, and, and I'm sorry for that. And I don't, I'm not talking about being necessarily in the big organized church, but God calls us to gather together with one another in fellowship. The church is not, is not a denomination. The church is the gathering of the called out. That is where the church is. And so, folks, going to a church, gathering together and fellowshipping is a wonderful and important thing to do. And I know if you're in a place where maybe the Lord's called you out, I got it. But God does call us to be in fellowship. But in the life of a believer, in the life of a church, and a little talk to those that are modern-day churches out there, denominations, even in businesses, to the employees that work at businesses, many times it comes out of a crisis when this time comes. And other times it comes from from temptation maybe, but the time I'm talking about is a time when your loyalty will be tested, a time when you will need to decide who it is and why it is that you follow them, a time when your character of who you truly are will be tested and revealed, not only to yourself, but many times before others to see who you really are. Now today, I work and run an IT company, and some of my employees were down, and I'll mention this on the radio because people don't know where I work, but there was a pastor in a so-called church there. It was a church, and we were doing some work and some upgrades, and this person blew up out of control. Unbiblical, ungodly, unbelievable what they did in front of one of my employees today. Because my employee had, was transferring their data over to their new laptop, and they had wanted them to hold on. I had said, don't do it yet. He got overzealous and forgot, didn't take anything off the old computer, but he just transferred it over to the new, and that pastor flew off the handle. My employee said he balled up his fist. He's about to have a talk with me and, if, and, and uh, to clear this up. We're going to talk face-to-face, but – his reaction, my employee was dumbfounded. The other people that worked there were dumbfounded because if this is a man of God, at that moment, his loyalty was not to the Heavenly Father. His loyalty was to protect, in my guess, something that was on that computer. Now, folks, in that crisis, in that moment, his character became true to who he was. 
See, when these events happen, sometimes they can be the most inspirational, these crises you may come to when your loyalty is, is tested. Sometimes it can be inspirational things, and to others, when they see your faithfulness, they can rejoice in God, but other, in God. But other times in the crisis or the situation like what happened today, the true character of who someone is shines forth of who they truly are for everyone else to see. When it seems to hurt the most is when you really thought someone who was following God and they end up showing you their true character of who they are, and many times you can be disappointed. Now, folks, we can mess up sometimes, make some mistakes, say some things we don't mean to. But you know what I'm talking about, that person who their, their true character is revealed in their moment of crisis. And what's even more interesting is we so often only see of the experience in ourselves, and we see it in others. But we forget that God has this same experience when he sees his children who call upon his name blaspheme against the very throne of God when they say one thing or they live another. See, we see it so often in ourselves or maybe in someone else, but we forget how God is looking down at the situation when he sees what we do. Now, interesting, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 2, starting in verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all this his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear you make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sins against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. So here Eli, he's in leadership in church. And today, employee unfortunately got to see some ugly, ugly leadership. Some disgusting leadership today. A matter of fact, just a little side note, that pastor decided to marry some gay people against his own congregation's desires. That's another story for another day. But today he got to see the true character of who this person was. And so here, this person's in leadership, just like Eli's sons are in leadership. And instead of doing what's right, instead of their loyalty being to God, their loyalty was to their flesh as they slept with the women that came there to the temple, and they caused God's people to transgress. See, even after Eli had warned them what to do, even if Eli said, man, you shouldn't do this, even after Eli had told them several times they would not listen, but Eli wouldn't do anything to stop it. This is the problem that people are suffering in churches today. They see the wrong that's going on. They're in leadership there, but they will not do anything to stop what's going on in that church or in the business or maybe in our own homes or our own lives. Eli wouldn't do anything about it. He warned his sons, but still refused. He put his children above God. Continuing in verse 27, And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto you unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father 
all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. See, Eli didn't want to do anything to rock the boat. So even though he was frustrated with his sons, he was enjoying getting fat with all the wonderful offerings, and he didn't want to stop the things that were coming in by making a stink over what his sons were doing. Verse 30, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever, but now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, shall be to consume thine eyes and the grieve thine heart, and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest." That shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever, and it shall come to pass that every one that is left in my, thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of my priest's offices that I may eat of bread. So God tells Eli, That's fine. You want to desecrate my altar and sacrifices by allowing this to happen? That's fine. I'm going to raise up a faithful priest who will keep my ways, that will follow after my heart, and he will walk before my anointed, and he will do what is right. When you see this, you may at first be thinking, faithful priest, who is that? This must be Jesus. Maybe it's the Bible's talking about Jesus when you first hear this. And there could be a future application somewhat, but actually the faithful priest that the Word of God is actually talking about in this scripture is walking for the Lord's anointed. Jesus is the Lord's anointed. That is what the Messiah is. So this person is actually walking before the Lord's anointed. If you actually look at the scholarly work on this, they will tell you that this is a prophecy about a future priest and even a lineage of legacy of a high priest named Zadok. You can see it. It's fulfilled there. Look it up. It's right there. See, in David's day, there were two priests ruling at the same time. Some writings say that they were actually co-priests. One was named Zadok, and the other was Abiathar. Both of these priests had carried the Ark of the Lord, and both of them were loyal to the throne. In the days of Absalom's rebellion, you remember David's son with the long, beautiful hair that hung himself in the tree by his own hair. Both men – or got it caught in the tree, I should say. Both men – could be counted on both Zadok and Abiathar, but as we will see, both men were not pure in heart. You see, both Zadok and Abiathar were priests descended from Aaron and from the tribe of Levi, but their lineages had split. If you look at the actual lineage back to Aaron, Zadok comes down one side, 
of it at the end. Abiathar actually goes back. One comes from Ithamar, and the other comes from Eleazar, the sons. And so we have a split in the lineage. Everything was going good with this dual priesthood until David was and had declared that Solomon would be king. But the king had another son named Adonijah that decided to attempt to seize the throne from David. 1 Kings chapter 1, starting in verse 5, if you want to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5, beginning. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggath, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, What hast thou done so? And he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruah, and Abiathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah helped and helped him. Excuse me, and following Adonijah helped him. But Zadok, the priest... Of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. So see, Adonijah decided to, just like Absalom, he wanted to be the king. He wanted to take over the throne. He did not want to follow what the Lord wanted him to do. The Lord's desire was that Solomon would take over the throne. But Adonijah wanted to do his own thing. And so when the moment came of truth, we see what happened to the other high priest. He decided to follow after Adonijah. You see, in this moment, we got to see truly who was Abiathar at heart. So we see Adonijah sounding just like Satan when he said, I will be like the Most High. I will be king, this power-hungry. And as you can read later, he had not only a lust for power, but he also had a lust for women when he wanted Abishag for himself. That was David's concubine. If you remember, they sat in there to keep him warm, even though David did nothing wrong with her. They did. He decided he wanted Abishag for himself and decides he is going to go against the very will of God and set up his own kingdom. And you look at this and you say, how does this priest lie, Abathar? How does he do this? How does this priest who knew the part, who was with the king, who understood the truth, who lived a life close to the king, who followed in his way, who seen God's hand, how does he end up following this rebellious son? See, folks, it doesn't matter how often you go to church. It doesn't matter how often you say you read the Word of God. It doesn't matter how often, if there's not a heart connection, if you're not willing to put God above everything else, in your moment of crisis, you may take the wrong path. But Zadok was different. You see, look at verse 8 again. But Zadok, the priest of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. You see, Zadok was not just an ordinary priest. Not just only was he faithful to King David, but there was something different about Zadok than other priests that I know of in the Word of God up to this point, at least. First Chronicles chapter 12 gives us some insight into who Zadok was. First Chronicles chapter 12, starting in verse 23. And these are the number of the bands that were ready, armed to war, and came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. The children of Judah that bear the shield and spear were 6,800 ready, armed to war. Of the children of Simeon, mighty men of valor, 
for the war 7,100, and the children of Levi 4,600. And Jehoiada was the leader of the Aaronites, and with him were 3,007. And Zadok, a young man mighty of valor, and of his father's house 20 and 2 captains. You see, Zadok, folks, was not just a high priest. No, no. Zadok was a warrior. He's part of some of the mighty men of David. Zadok is not only following God, but he is willing to fight for that which is right. Zadok is a warrior priest. And when the moment of truth came, when you could have easily followed the young son of, of David, while David is weak and he's in older age, you could have easily followed Adonijah. Zadok stood firmly in his loyalty to not only God, but also the king. Zadok went on to anoint Solomon and serve him and Abiathar and the priest and was banished and excuse me and Abiathar ended up being banished just like the word of God had prophesied the fulfillment of it is actually in 1 Kings chapter 2 and 26 and 27 and it says and unto Abiathar the priest said the king, said the king get thee to Anathoth unto thine own fields for thou art not for thou art worthy of death but I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because thou hast afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spake concerning the house of Eli and Shiloh. Solomon spared his life because he had carried the ark, but he was banished him unto Anathoth to fulfill the word of God because he was actually of the descendant of Eli, and that word of God was fulfilled right there that day. Now fast forward into Ezekiel's time. During the days of Ezekiel, the corporate body now in Babylon was completely sold out into the Babylonian captivity. Many of them were. The worship of God had continued on, but things had gotten really bad. Ezekiel chapter 8 starts like this in verse 7. And he brought me to the door of the court when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold, the wicked abomination that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and and the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the walls round about and there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of Israel of the house of Israel and in the midst of them stood Jehaziah the son of Shaphan with every man his censer in his hand and a thick cloud of incense went up then said he unto me son of man thou hast seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark every man in his chamber of his imagery, for they say, Lord, seeth us not, the Lord hath forsaken the earth. So here the priests that were coming in to try, supposedly lead the people in the right ways. They were supposed to be the ones upstanding, doing what's right, had this look of holiness, but in secret they were worshiping false gods, and the women were false, worshiping the false goddesses at that time. And these so-called leaders... Their faithfulness was not to God in their moment of crisis. In their moment of trial, their faith was to the false gods, but they had a sense of looking right to everybody else that was around. My question is, what do people see in you when they see you versus what you actually are when you are alone in your bedroom looking at your computer? 
doing things maybe you should or should not be doing? Does it line up with who you portray that you are on the outside? See, the Lord knows what you're doing behind the door. The Lord understands that completely. You're not fooling anybody. No one's fooling anybody what's going on. Jumping to Ezekiel 21, God tells him what's coming, that it is so bad against the people of God that he says they need to weep for what's going to happen. God's frustrated and angry, and he says, look, you don't understand what's coming, but you better start weeping right now for it. And you get to Ezekiel chapter 33, and God says this, starting in verse 31, it says, They come unto thee as people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. So he's, God's talking about the people. They want to come listen to Ezekiel, but they don't want to do them. But they will not do them, for with their mouths they show much love, but their heart goes goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them a very lovely song of the one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well in an instrument. For they heard thy words, but they will not, they do them not. And when this come to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been amongst them. So God's telling them here, listen, Ezekiel, oh, they love to hear you, man. They love your words. They're beautiful to them. And they'll give you a little shout, maybe some amens in church, right? Hallelujah. I'll agree with what it said. But they will not do what you ask them to do. They love to say, praise God. They love to bless the Lord. But when they are on their own and nobody's looking, they are far from the Lord. Finally, in chapter 44, after all this madness and pagan worship and refusing to do what God says and these idolatrous practices, God is angry. And in verse 12 of chapter 44 of Ezekiel, look what he says. Because they ministered unto them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity, therefore have I lifted up mine hand against them, saith the Lord, and they shall bear their iniquity, and they shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me, nor to come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place. They shall bear their name, their shame, and their abominations which they have committed. So God says, that's it. These wicked priests who have defiled everything that is holy, shall not come near to me. God had had it. Enough is enough. That day he drew a line because the holy things of God are to remain holy. Folks, following the Lord means he has certain things he wants us to do, and God is full of love. And we, I believe in love and mercy and everything, but at the same time, the holy things of God are to remain holy. And we are to treat them with respect. He is a merciful God. But we serve him many times with fear and trembling. And I'm not talking about the fear where you're afraid to come to him. I'm talking about the holy reverence of serving a holy God. I remember one time I was down in my dad's. He was in a, he was in a class, and there were some guys teaching some young kids there in the class. And he said, listen, folks, we're going to pray. Let's get on our knees because we're about to talk to the king. Now you might say, well, you can pray. You don't have to be on your knees to pray. I didn't say you had to. But the thing that impressed me that day was he brought it to these kids' attention. That, Folks, listen here, kids. We're about to talk to the king. Let's show him some respect. I thank God 
that the actions of our past and the actions of many do not have to dictate our future. Because if it was true, every one of us would be dead. Ezekiel chapter 44 and verse 15. Thank God for the buts in the Bible. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok that kept the charge of my sanctuary. When the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter into my sanctuary, and they shall come near to my table to minister unto it, and they shall keep my charge. So here God says, you know what? I know there's all these filthy priests out there, and there's these filthy people, and maybe you've been to a church where you've seen this filthy stuff, and what happened to my employee today was wrong. And trust me, folks, I need to remember I was angry and upset, but that man needs some prayer. He needs some prayer from right now because I don't know what's happened in his life to lead him down there. But God, he doesn't give up on us, and I'm not going to give up on praying for him yet. I have to calm down and not address him while I'm upset because I need to make sure that I remember as God reached out to me in the midst of my drug and adultery and everything else I was doing in life, so he still reaches out to those who are not walking in his ways at this moment. And we need to remember that God, nobody is beyond the salvation of the Lord. He says, I've got some priests out there still. Those of the Levites, the Aaron, those from the tribe of Aaron, the sons of Zadok, they kept my charge. They did that which was right. This holy, godly lineage of priests, warrior priests who are willing to fight for what's right, they keep the things of God holy and they will come unto me. You see, folks, any time in our lives, no matter what, the prodigal son was, uh, was the absolute pinnacle of this wonderful story of no matter how low you get, how defiled you are in eating with the pigs and Israel as a Jew, that is the lowest and most defiled you can be. But when you came home and you understood the mercies of God and you wanted to come back into his ways and do the things again, God starts it brand new again. And today we're in 2019. The earth is filled with with this filthy, uh, ungodly spiritually, uh, spirituality that's not towards God, but it is evil and wicked, and it's all over the place right now. There's human trafficking, genetic modification, sex slaves, pedophilia, bestiality, homosexuality, adultery, everything you can think of. There's a complete disregard for the holy things of God, unholy and unnatural relationships, and God is wondering still today, where are the sons and the daughters of Zadok and folks, I'm here to say, it is us if we are willing to follow the Lord. God is wondering, where are those who are willing to stand for what is right, even when the world says it's wrong? Who will say to this generation, stop killing the babies and forsaking the poor? Who will stand up and say the things of God are worth fighting for? Where are the priests of Zadok, and when will they come forth? Folks, I believe this is the time and the hour for the priests of Zadok to rise up once again. You see, many of you are at a crossroads in your life. 
You feel like you've gone too far. You feel like everything has failed you, and many of you feel like you've failed everything. You're disgusted at the political system. Who isn't? Many of the teachers in the public education system have lied to our children. If you can pull folks, unless you have no choice, get your children out of public education. As a parent, you probably think you failed your children. Welcome to the club. Would you like to join? Because I've been a member for many years of failing my children. It's a war and a struggle that's going on right now between and many people feel that maybe you've gone too far. But the truth is, is that right now, at this moment, that if you want to turn it all around, God can put you back into this Zadok priesthood. You see, we as New Covenant believers are a royal priesthood. You do not have to be of the direct lineage of Aaron anymore. You are of the lineage of of the almighty Yeshua. And because we have faith in him, if you, it doesn't matter if you're bloodborne or not, we get grafted in and become a part of the root. And we are nourished by the root. And when you are grafted in, if you know anything about horticulture, if you know anything about farming and, and planting and everything, that, that when something is grafted in, it literally becomes actually part of the vine. And God is looking for those who said, you know what, I've messed up in the past, but today I'm going to begin to start to worship the Lord and treat his things holy again. You see, this is a war, and God's looking for warriors that are willing to fight on their knees. Not physically, folks. I know people get upset when I say, I'm not here to fight the government that's not I am not going to do that. I am not here to do that. I am here to serve the Lord. Yes, if you come into my house after hours, I will defend it. But I am not going to rise up and overtake the United States. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell people that Jesus is coming again. It's time to get serious and serve the Lord. If you want to fight him, you go ahead. Don't call me. I'm going to be serving the Lord and doing what he asks me to do, and that's saving souls for the lost. That is my mission. That is your mission, to go ye into all the world. Making disciples, meaning we just don't always just tell them, but we actually go with people in this journey. God is looking for the warrior priests of Zadok who are willing to fight on their knees. You see, a lot of times people think, oh, Jesus, you know, he, he was in the temple and he took some cords and he was swinging them around. No, folks, he whipped and drove those people out of there. You know why? Because he was sick and tired of the holy things of God being defiled. And he couldn't take it anymore. That was righteous indignation. You see, in our lives as believers in the Spirit, sometimes that means we turn off things. We don't listen to stuff. We don't go there. We don't do that. If it's, defend, if it's offending us, then stop it and grow up and do the right thing. So many people make excuses. Well, my parents or the world or the politics. Folks, don't go to hell for somebody else. At the end of time, you will never be able to blame it on someone else. God gives everybody an opportunity, and he is very gracious to those who took a hard road in life. The only excuse you're going to have is no excuse at all. God is calling forth 
the warrior priests of Zadok. My question to you is, are you willing to answer the call? Are you willing to stop getting in your little arguments about every little thing that goes on? Well, I can do this, or I can't do that, or I can follow this, or whatever. Folks, just start following the Lord, and he will lead you in the right ways. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, you'd be better off if you would just actually take a break from listening to programs or doing things and get alone with the Lord. I would rather you never listen to the remnant call again and follow the Lord than to listen in every week and go about your own business in this world. God is calling us forth. And there's going to be some trials. And your faith is going to be tested and your loyalty is going to be on trial. But you know what? When you're following the Lord, he will bring about the faith and the grace to overcome. If you're looking to be perfect before you can serve the Lord, you'll never get there. He refines us in the fire along the way. And we mess up and we do things that we shouldn't do, but we get back up and we keep on down the road. The sons of Zadok were men. They were humans. They made mistakes, but they loved the things of God more than the things of this world. You need to make a choice, dear believer. You need to make a choice who you're going to follow. If you're attending somewhere where the messages are half-hearted in your church, there's no substance, there's no real meat, there's no challenge, find somewhere else. If you can't find somewhere else, pray to God to show you some other people. If you're just half-stepping it, trying to pretend like you're one thing in front of everybody and you're doing something else, you need to repent right now. It's time to get serious about our walk with God. It's time for the sons of Zadok to shine forth in this last hour. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.